Hello and welcome to the Healthy Entrepreneur Club podcast. A healthy entrepreneur is someone who achieves business success whilst prioritising their physical and mental well-being. In other words, they understand the healthy hustle. They possess the ability to effectively manage their business operations, make strategic decisions and nurture their personal health and brand for sustainable growth and long-term success. My guest today is the founder of the UK's leading personal branding agency. During university, he realized the power personal branding had, and he began creating his own and helping others with theirs. Now, he and his team at Curogo have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs and CEOs build brands that stand the test of time. My guest is Sam Winsbury, and here is his story. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you here. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. The first thing I want to jump into really is, why did you go and take the route from uni straight into your own business? What was the thinking there? Yeah, so I've always been very entrepreneurial, like even since I was 17, 18, whilst I was doing my A-levels, I was even like writing psychology blogs, like my school didn't offer psychology, was interested in it, so I just started writing the blogs just for the experience, so I've always had like a bit of an entrepreneurial knack in mm-hmm. me, if you like, and then went to uni alongside studying, didn't do loads of studying, to be honest, it was more playing football and working on little projects, so... Um, and the drinking, but that yeah. stayed at uni. That stayed at uni. Um, so yeah, I was working on all sorts of different projects whilst I was at uni. Got into the world of marketing. Read a few like behavior economics books through psychology. Got into marketing, um, and was basically trying to get like any freelance marketing projects I could. Um, would message people, reach out to people, business owners where I was at uni, and like everyone just ignored me. They were mm. like, "Who the hell is this nineteen-year-old kid?" <laughs> Uh, and fair enough, right? Because I was just a 19-year-old kid with no experience. But through that, what I started doing to basically get these projects was posting content on LinkedIn, which, by the way, for a 19-year-old lad that plays football at uni is quite a strange thing to do. And my mates obviously ripped into me a little bit. Um, but through posting on LinkedIn, I just randomly started having people reach out to me, not for help with the, the like freelance projects that I wanted, but for help with their own LinkedIn profiles. So... Yeah, kind of coached, consulted people whilst I was at uni for a few years. And then when I came out, I graduated into the middle of, you know what, the global mm-hmm. P word. Um, <laughs> and I just saw that as a time. It was almost like a free shot to essentially build an agency. As soon as I got into this world of coaching people around LinkedIn, I always had this vision for building an agency around what's now come to be mm. personal branding, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so I kind of had this opportunity, gave myself six months as I came out of uni to make it work, or I said I'd go and get a job. And then within a few months, I had my first few clients and was, was established. It's actually really interesting that you touched on a few things that I really want to delve into, but the first one being psychology, right? So yeah. I did psychology at A-level, but for me, it was one of those things where I can see where it was going, but I couldn't understand the full sort of remit of, of the depth you can go into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that you were saying before we started that you were super set and prepared for a corporate job. How do you think that studying psychology helped you when you first started getting into marketing? Do you think it was an advantage? Yeah, it's really interesting. So the course I did probably didn't actually teach me a load about marketing and the psychology that we Mm. now use day to day, but just through my interest and and other reading that I was doing, all the classic books that you read, um, behavior economics books, etc., they give you a really good understanding of humans and how humans work and how we're biased to certain things, what influences us. And that gave me a really good understanding of what ultimately is like the foundational principles of marketing. And personal branding is just a marketing strategy, right? So I kind of, I found this passion where both my interests at the time, psychology and entrepreneurship overlapped. 
mm. in marketing and, and just the avenue that I went at that through was through personal branding. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a, a great corporate candidate, as I said, like yeah. reasonably good grades, good school, good uni, but it, that route just was never really for me. It wasn't really in my thinking. So you wanted to be your own boss or what was the, what was the thinking? Yeah, I just, I like the excitement, I think, of building something from nothing. And still to this day, like I love, even within the business that we've got, now that we're a little bit more established, I love starting new projects. I mean, the studio that we're filming in is one, mm. like building projects within a business. Probably even to this day, the most enjoyable part, I think, of building this business was those first few months where you are literally building from nothing, from complete scratch. That just energizes me and excites me. So yeah. I think that was why I opted for this route rather than, you know, corporate job or job anywhere else it's funny as well that you talk about excitement because a lot of times you talk to entrepreneurs and they are so excited by something mm -hmm. and then it drops off but like as you say when your studio today and you can see that you're still excited every day and you turn that excitement into motivation but what's more important is obviously that discipline to be able to keep going yeah. which is interesting because it's a similar thing that you need for personal branding right which i'm sure we'll touch on slightly more going forward but when you look at that niche and you look at how you start to brand yourself early doors out mm -hmm. of uni did you think, was discipline really high on your agenda or was it more just, yeah. you know, trying to get over the embarrassment of having to post, like you said, your friends taking the mic and that kind of thing? Yeah, def definitely a bit of both. Like the embarrassment at the start was, was a lot. Like I was always really nervous to put yeah. content out. Um, as you just do more of it, you get over it. But discipline in terms of like working on the business alongside uni, trying to get grades alongside all the other social activities that you do at uni took a lot of discipline. Um, I don't think the traditional education system has given me much in terms of helping me out with my career, like knowledge-wise. But the one thing that I credit the education system for, especially in my case, the school and uni that I went to was giving me discipline. Like mm. I was just taught to work and it was almost just embedded within me. Discipline was just built within me, I guess, thanks to parents as well, who obviously raised me very well. Um, but like discipline was a huge thing, being able to wake up at 6 a.m. every day whilst I was at uni, build the business for three hours before anybody wakes up and then go to lectures and then do the football partying and all of the other stuff that comes with it. So had to be really strict with like most days, if I wasn't going out, I was, I was in bed at uni at 10 p.m. Yeah, which is unheard of, right? <laughs> yeah, which is a strange thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, discipline, definitely, definitely important over a long period of time. And is that something that you think of, if you think about the business now and the clients that you work with, is that one of the fundamentals that you have to sort of instill or do you find that they already have discipline, they just need the direction and the strategy? Yeah, really good one. I think it's a mix of both. Like some people come in and they're, they are disciplined. They just don't have the knowledge or the skills necessarily to do it well. For other people, they've got great things to say, but they just don't stick to putting content out or personal branding or whatever activity it is. They just don't stick to it long enough. Mm. And it is the kind of thing naturally that gets push down down the to-do list is personal branding like if you, you know, if you run a business and you have clients coming to you or you get busy one day putting content out on your own profiles or building a personal brand naturally it's going to drop down the list I don't think it should I think it's you know people treat it as a bit of a nice to have I don't think it is anymore but I appreciate that naturally that's the mindset people are in so yeah discipline definitely something that people struggle with and probably the single biggest barrier to people like building a brand I mean you even mentioned before right about like most most podcasts don't get to 50. I don't yeah. think most podcasts even get past 10. I think it's, I think 20 is the limit where most like, professionals will say, I won't even look at your podcast really? until you've done 20. Because people just don't do it, do they? Yeah. It's a free medium as well in most cases. Yeah. But you've done what, 41 now? Yeah, you, roughly, you don't yeah. do You don't do 41 podcasts without discipline. You might do four with motivation. True, exactly. And get to 40 without discipline. Exactly. And before we came in here, I just mentioned the, the book I'm reading now, which is The um, Secrets to Natural Success by William Whitecloud. And he was just touching on the idea that 
doing the obvious thing, if, as soon as it becomes obvious in your head, you don't want to do it. Because everyone mm. wants that, something's behind you know, the, the paywall. There. It must be something <laughs> more. And we are touching on there that a lot of the things that we're talking about with you know, health, personal branding, a lot of these things in business, they are, there are strategies and stuff that you can take, but a lot of it is fairly obvious. Yeah. And then because it's obvious, they don't want to do it, right? So yeah. is that something that you also see in your, in your day-to-day life? Definitely, both in personal branding and just wider entrepreneurship. I've sure. been victim of it myself at times. I think it probably held me back for a while. Like you know, a lot of people, if you think deeply enough, you know what to do. You know what to do to build your brand, to grow your business. Most people just either don't pay attention to it or don't want to do it. So yeah, I think it's it's a massive thing. But the sooner you realize that actually the answer is probably right in front of you and it's probably the simple thing, then you start doing it. It's interesting, isn't it? And then it obviously compounds. The compounding effect is so important. So we already heard in the, in the intro there about your current business, Kyogo. But I'd love to know the difference you can see from when it started to now. What are the main differences in the, in the, in the business? Yeah, great question. So when I first, first started it, it wasn't even an official business at the time. It was just me consulting people at uni, just basically showing them how to set up their LinkedIn profile. Oh, That's cool. how it started in its, in its purest form. Then as we developed into the agency, because that's where my specialism was, we initially focused on LinkedIn. So we were helping founders and CEOs write content for their LinkedIn, optimize their profiles, etc. And LinkedIn has remained a core part of what we do. Because of the nature of the people that we work with, typically founders and CEOs, it's still a big part of what we do. Um, but we've also branched out massively from LinkedIn. So we've obviously now got the studio, we're producing video content, we're working across socials, we're doing a lot more strategic work for people, we're getting people PR. So it's expanded just from kind of one channel, LinkedIn focus to a, a wider personal branding system. And what do you think of, one of my questions I actually wanted to ask you later on, but I'll bring it up now, is what do you think of LinkedIn now? What, what do you think of it as a platform? Obviously there's lots of different elements to it, like, you know, no, I won't go into them actually because there's so many, but what, is, what are your thoughts on the platform in general then we'll delve into after the actual the means of a personal brand, but just LinkedIn on its own first. Yeah, it's evolved a load as a platform, mm. over the, certainly over the years that I've been on it in the last five or so from what was really just a recruiting platform. Like, and I think some people still see it that way yeah. today, is it's like the place where you go when you want to get a job. It's evolved from that to more of a social network in the traditional sense, like Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, I actually think they've done a, a pretty good job on balance. There's a lot of... Because of the, the growth of the platform, they've grown 200 odd million users in the last like five, 10 years, which is quite significant, right? There's a lot more diverse opinions on the platform, like how it should be used, how it shouldn't. What I think LinkedIn have actually done a really good job of is navigating those and ensuring it stays as, yes, a social network, but also a place for, you know, it's a professional network as well, realistically. I don't think people should be corporate on it, but it's maintained that quite value-driven business focused content mm-hmm. rather than going too far down the route of becoming a Facebook, for example. So yeah. I think they actually, they have navigated that really well and they do provide a lot of opportunities for businesses and business owners to still get great commercial results out of it. It seems like that's the direction they want to keep going with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and for those that are listening that don't understand what personal branding is, they might just think it's just posting on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Can you delve into a bit of around what you do, but also just what is personal branding? It's, it's bigger than just LinkedIn. It's bigger than, well, it's different to marketing. Yeah. What, what is personal branding to you? Yeah, so personal branding for me is essentially about consciously controlling your digital reputation. So it's not about becoming an influencer. It's not about forging a false representation of yourself it's about taking the experiences the expertise the personality the values the skills that you have and framing them in the best way possible for your audience so it's about framing not forging i think a lot of the people we speak to right they have great businesses great entrepreneurs 
if you know them. But the trouble is their presence, both online and offline, doesn't reflect that. It doesn't reflect the quality of entrepreneur or business owner they are. So there's this almost disparity between the quality of their business and what their online reputation says about them. Personal branding really is just about leveling the two. So bringing your reputation up to the level that it should be to, to grow your business, whether that's to get clients, get customers, attract talent, attract investment, whatever it is. Mm. And then you speak really well actually around the different types of content you should be putting out as well. So obviously you want to you look at the people that are just coming to you for the first time. That's different content to someone who's seen you a bit or seen you a lot, right? So how, how do you differentiate the content you're putting out? Yeah, exactly. You bang on, there's three kinds of content that you want to put out. You want to put out content that's going to grow your audience. So it's going to get new people understanding who you are. That's the first thing. They just need to know you exist. Mm. That content is a little bit more general in nature. It's probably going to be widely applicable to your whole industry. You've then got content which is much more focused on building trust and um, nurturing the existing audience that you have. So you're less focused there on growing your audience. You're more focused on just showing expertise to your existing audience. That content is generally very value-driven and focused around a smaller group within your industry that you want to target. And then the final level of content, if you like, that we put out is what we call conversion-based content. And that's essentially just designed to take someone from somebody in your network to the next phase of whatever it is you're looking to do with your network. So if you're looking to generate customers, for example, it might be downloading a guide or booking a call with you. If you're looking to attract investors, it might investors, it might be looking at a deck. If it's talent, it might be applying for a job. Whatever that next phase is in, in their journey. And do you think that's something that people miss out on? Because when you when I hear you explain that, it sounds like we were talking about earlier, so mm -hmm. obvious, but I know that it's not and I know that it's hard to do. And the things you touch on, the first, the, out of those three, I think that I see the first one quite often, mm. people saying, this is me, this is what I do. And then you see this, the third one quite often. So yeah. this is me, and then bye. This is me, and then yeah. bye. Why do people do that? Because the middle bit is the long game, right? People go. want the instant wins. You get the dopamine hits from the views, yep. the connection requests, the followers, and you get the dopamine hits from, oh, a sale, or a leads booked in. But actually, <laughs> if you put a lot more attention on that middle section, and you build authority, you build credibility, you're going to find that the wins at the bottom are much greater and much more frequent in the future. So mm. I think it's, it's a bit of delayed gratification that you've got to um, use in that middle section. But it is, it is the most important section for building credibility, building trust, and almost bridging that disparity between the quality of you as an entrepreneur in your business and the reputation that you have. And you touched on there what I, what I think is the key to entrepreneurship, which is delayed gratification. Yeah. I, think I listened to Alex Hamosi speak yesterday, and he was saying, if you can operationalize your patience, you'll be successful. But you need to be able to make money in the meantime. So for example, he doesn't mentor anyone one-to-one, -one, even though he gets offered 40K for half an hour. Because yeah. he's like, I've got how many followers? Five million followers, maybe more. He's like, in three years time, I'll have quadruple that, if not more, and I can charge a million for half an hour. So why would I go in now and stop my learning process, you know, put a price on my head, when I can just delay that and it's the same with business. If you can operationalize your patients, I think that's super interesting. Yeah. So what for you defines a personal, a, a strong personal brand? What would you do? So let's use LinkedIn as an, as an example, sorry. What would you look at and go, oh, wow, they're really good. You know, we can help them, but they've already got the fundamentals there. Yeah. So there's a couple of things here. The first is something that like, is less obvious through LinkedIn, but something that we do with, with anyone we work with on their personal brand is... The first, one of the first things we do is identify what we call a personal brand statement. And that's basically a statement of the intent, a statement of intent for the reputation you want to build. So it's like, I want to be seen as this kind of person that does this and is known as this. 
the goal then is in 12 months time, five years time, if you asked anyone in your network, how would you describe Freddie, for example, you'd want them to say that exact phrase. Mm. That is a sign that you've built a really good personal brand. If you're just looking at someone's profile, for example, there's some really basic things that you can get in place that might seem, they're gonna seem really simple, but actually add huge amounts of credibility, just show you're authoritative and legitimate, which is just having a well-designed profile. So have a high quality headshot. It doesn't take a lot to get a high quality headshot. Have, you know, have a cover photo at least, have a tagline that explains what you do in your value proposition, explain a little bit more about yourself in your bio, why you're credible, maybe results that you've achieved, what you're working on at the moment. And the single biggest thing is having high quality content going out regularly. Mm. Nothing worse than seeing a profile. There's probably no profile picture. The tagline just says like founder or CEO and then they got no content. It's like I can tell nothing about that person. They could have an amazing business, but I just have absolutely no idea. I'd much rather see someone with a clear value proposition, loads of valuable content going out because instantly when I see that, I go, right, this person knows what they're talking about. They've clearly put some thought into this. They're clearly credible. They're giving advice every day. I instantly trust them, Mm. which is a huge thing that people miss. Like the no trust like. Yeah, exactly. And then you think about someone like Gary Vee who says you need to, does he say jab, 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 right hook, i.e. ask, uh, no, value, 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 ask. And then Alex Ramosi is now saying it should just be value, 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 value until they actually ask you for something that you should never ask them, which obviously that's the long game if you've got something highly valuable like he's doing. So here we're really talking about thought leadership and authority in, in your business industry. And that's important for the founder. But what you've done, which is really interesting, is your, I would say your whole team, or most of your team, have got great followings and they're using the Kirogo method to create this following. How does that compound into the business success? Because everyone's doing the same thing, they've all got authority. Yeah, so we obviously have 10, 15 of us in the team, probably 10, 9, 10 people posting at any one time within the business. So not just myself, but other members of the team. Mm. That might be, that's all the way through the team, right? Um, and what that gives us is firstly just exponential reach like it's kind of a case of one plus one equals three if you like like it's it's the result is more than the sum of its parts it's more than just nine individuals posting you get the compound effects of us building this whole brand around the company from it it's great for their careers as well like we encourage everyone to do it purely for selfish reasons we want our team to build their brands and build their reputation so that they can go on to amazing things in their career as a side effect for the company we get huge amounts of credibility from it we constantly have people you know, talking about us, referring us. People refer us to clients that I've never even spoken to before, just because like, they've seen the, the team on LinkedIn. Um, we're now starting to put a lot of effort into the company brand as well, but previously we've, we've completely neglected the company brand. Okay. But all of the company brand equity we do have, we're, we're reasonably well known within the industry as like a, a leader. All of that comes from us just individuals posting. Um, but collectively it creates you know, huge results for the company any given month we're generating multiple million views mm. between the team. So just having those eyes on the business, if it's targeted content, you can you know, make a pretty good bet that you're gonna get some leads from that. And we have got leads before from the team's content. So yeah, we get talent leads all from the team posting. So I think it's a huge missed opportunity for, for companies. I'd recommend brands do it. I think it'll be the biggest missed opportunity for B2B companies, particularly in the next five, 10 years. Um, especially for like software companies, agencies. I can even see enterprise level companies doing it. I think it's a huge opportunity. I think it's really interesting. I think it's actually quite visionary to be able to do that mm-hmm. because a lot of companies, startups and you know, going for the growth phase into scale up, there is usually one 
KPI or there's one thought leader, and they're the, they're the leader of the whole company. They're the one posting, bringing everyone in. They get the speaking opportunities, which is great. And it's a great way to build. But as soon as you try and value that company, or maybe look at the exit, you've got to take that person away. And then how much is the business worth on its own, right? Mm. It's kind of irrelevant to what we're talking about. But, but your company would be different to that because everyone is authoritative and a thought leader. Yeah. If, you, if you stepped away and you tried to sell it, it would still work because everything is already in place, right? So you've built value within the company. Yeah, exactly. I think there's there's probably two concerns that people have with this, right? The first is, oh, but if I get my team posting, they're going to leave. Mm. They're going to get job offers for sure, but just have a better culture, exactly. <laughs> I guess. Um, and we've we have had some people leave, like full transparency. Um, we've had people leave because of their personal brands to either start their own thing or get amazing opportunities. But you know, they're going on to incredible things, like we can only be be thankful for that and thankful for the work they've given us. And actually, I think, you know, the the equity we get for the brand far outweighs yeah. any of that risk whatsoever. And then on the, the thing of like, but if I build my personal brand, I'm so tied to the business, the business relies on me, it's going to be hard to sell. I struggle with that as well myself, but I actually asked, so I asked Dan Priestley, mm. the, the godfather of personal brand <laughs> himself. I asked him at an event recently that very question. I said, you know, we get a lot of clients that come to us and say, I want to build my personal brand, but what happens if I want to sell? Like, is it not going to affect it? And what he said was really interesting. He said, what you can do is flip it on its head and you can use your personal brand in a way to essentially add more value to the company. So you say to whoever's buying your company, look, I'm aware that my personal brand is pretty strong and people know the company through me. So what I'll do for the next 12 months whilst you guys own the business is I'll travel around the world touring, speaking on stage about it and I'll promote the business for the next 12 months. And that's a value add that you can... Um, essentially build into whatever negotiations are doing. So, mm. yeah, both both concerns are kind of covered. Yeah, that's perfect. And so when you're hiring someone, do you have that in mind? Do you want them to already have a personal brand or are you happy just to build it from scratch with them? What's the thought process there? It's, it's definitely a pro if they have one, mm. for sure. Definitely a pro. We don't force every team member to do it. It's all off their own back, mm. um, purely from like a cultural perspective. Some of our... Our best writers, for example, don't post any content themselves because they just don't want to. And that's that's fine. But it's it's definitely a pro. If we see someone in the application phase, for example, that's got a strong personal brand, to me, that's far more convincing than a CV or an interview because yeah, everyone looks good on a CV mm. and anyone can look good for 40 minutes in an interview. It's much more difficult to look good for six months straight through your content and show that you've got the discipline and the knowledge to produce content for six months. So that for me far outweighs anything you can put in a CV or in a um, portfolio or, or whatever. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely take it into account. That's awesome. So it's not a prerequisite, but it's something that's obviously nice to have. It's yeah. actually really cool to think about because then you're saying that, you know, uni was the thing you had to have in your CV. Now actually, you know, if you're listening to this and you're at school age or going through uni, you should be thinking about your personal brand from an early age, right? Whereas yeah. I, for example, didn't think about it until I left uni went into the corporate world and I started to think about maybe I should start posting now and build my own reputation up or actually mm. you can get a head start. It's, this yeah. stuff is free. Yeah, literally. If you're in uni, just post, like even if it's once a week or twice a week, just post something on LinkedIn, it'll do more for your career than your, your degree will. I <laughs> well, exactly. You. Um, I, I think I might know one of the team, team's degrees. I've hired over 20 people in the last three years and I know one person's grades. Oh really? That's yeah, it doesn't that's matter, it. does it? Like, just don't look at them. No, exactly. But you've moved on really nicely actually there to what is the risk, in your opinion, of not investing in your personal brand these days mm. in, this, in 2023? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the big ego hit will be that businesses that aren't as good as you will be overtaking you simply because they're perceived as being yeah. better. And that 
that is a hit to the ego, right? No one wants that. There's a lot of businesses out there that we see that are absolutely crushing in the field, but they're just not talking about it. So no one knows them and they don't get the growth that they deserve. So yeah, a risk is being overtaken by competitors that are simply sweeping up market share. I guess the other is becoming irrelevant. Like if you're not seen as being constantly at the forefront of the industry nowadays, with social media in the world the way it is, people are constantly essentially monitoring social media for who is at the forefront. If you're not seen as the company or the person at the forefront, you're just not even going to be considered for investment or for talent that want to work for you or potential clients. Like people just won't bother. These these first impressions that people have really matter, and you completely lose out on that if you if you don't put effort into this. Yeah, totally. And so. So I completely agree with that. And what I was gonna say was that personal brand is obviously super important. People get nervous for a number of reasons before they start, you know that better than I do. How can they get over that first step of, you know, I don't know what to post, I don't know where to post it, or I haven't got time, because it's always, they're always gonna put it, like you said earlier, the lowest possible place they can on their pile because it's yeah. uncomfortable to start with. Even for someone that does it maybe once or twice a week and they need to up it to five, and they're monitoring the likes and they're like, oh, my likes are going down. What changes can you make? How can you get over that lack of confidence? Yeah, so the first thing you've got to get used to is just having content going out. So that's like zero to one, is just have content going out on your profile. Best way to do this is just sit down, set a timer for one hour, do it on a Friday afternoon, Monday morning, whenever, set a timer for one hour and just write out loads of tips that you'd give to someone in your industry, like to a potential client or um, customer, or even just to yourself 12 months ago. Just write down as many tips as you can and then get a scheduler. You can use like Taplio, you can use Hootsuite. LinkedIn, for example, even has its own scheduler yeah. in, in the platform now. And just schedule the content for 24 hours time or a week's time. Schedule it and forget about it. Don't try and post it there and then because then you'll go, oh, I'm scared, I've, I don't wanna do it. Just schedule it so that it's not actually going out and then you forget about it. You'll come back in a week and you would have had pieces of content going out. Just try and forget about it, right? So that you at least get something out there. That will get you over the initial fear of what are people gonna think or is it the right style or whatever. It doesn't matter at the start, just get in the habit of producing content. And then I think you can start layering like practices on top of that to get better and better at actually producing content. So you can look at, you know, if you wanna get from the stage of posting once, twice a week to five times a week, I guess the first thing to do is just spend more time on it producing more content, um, repurpose old content. Um, so if you've produced like 30 posts in the past, just repost those 30. It's, it's at least a start to get you up to that level. And then if you wanna start getting a bit more advanced, you can actually look at what other people in the industry are posting. You can analyze the performance on your content, look at what topics are performing well for you, for other people, what kind of conversations people are having. Um, and you'll start to find, interestingly, that the more you do that and the more you produce, the more ideas you get. It's, it's really weird. Like well, People can, ask questions, though, don't they, in the comments? People ask questions in the comments. That's a goldmine. You'll start picking up on just conversations. Like We've obviously been having a conversation for about 30 minutes now. There'll be loads of little nuggets within this that both of us could take away and think, oh, that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I can turn that into a post. Um, yeah, as you said, people will comment. You'll start reading other posts. You'll have opinions on them. The more you get in a habit of creating content, I promise you the more ideas you get, you will not run out. It's this weird, I don't know how and why it works, but just the more you create, the more ideas you get. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what, I hear, what I think I hear most of, certainly when in Dubai when we're out talking to business owners, is that they didn't get into business to be or to create a media machine. They wanted to fulfill their passion or become their own boss and they don't want to get involved with, you know, having to do content all the time. What do you say to them or how can they get over 
the inefficiency that they have in their mind that mm. it's, not, it's not what they want to do. Yeah, so one way to think about it is it's a vehicle to allow you to do more of what you want to do. So you know, let's say your passion is working with clients or working with customers. How are you going to do more of that? Well, you need to get more of them in the first place. How are you going to get more of them? Building a personal brand is a great way to do it. So it simply allows you to help more people. It's a means to an end. It's, it's going to give you the option to do more of what you love. You're also just talking about the very thing that you love, mm. right? So you know, don't overthink it. You don't, you don't necessarily need to build this really complicated, comprehensive strategy and process around it that takes all the fun out of it. When you're starting, just talk about the things that you're passionate about and that interest you. Um, and it will, you know, it will be enjoyable because you're, you're sharing the things that you love doing every single day. It's probably going to open up more opportunities for you to do exactly that. Maybe this time it would be on a podcast rather than on LinkedIn or on a stage or whatever. So it's going to open the door for you to do way more of what you love than if you just focus on doing what you love without adding it on. And one of the, I was going to ask you about misconceptions. You've just done the exact, you just sort of helped me there because we're talking a lot about LinkedIn because it's, I think it's the most relatable, the most obvious one. But personal brand is not just posting on LinkedIn, right? So that is one of the biggest misconceptions, in my opinion. Mm. What are the other ones you think you see in, in personal branding or in, in marketing yourself? Yeah, that's, that's easily the single biggest one. Like some people put a few posts out on LinkedIn and go, oh, I've got a personal brand. Yeah. <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, personal brand is definitely wider. So we start to include like wider socials, speaking on stage, getting PR, podcasts, um, like even guest blogging for other publications, all part of this wider picture. Um, I think the other thing is that personal branding is an activity that you can do and complete. Personal branding is an ongoing exercise. You're almost, sorry to say it, but you're never done. <laughs> not what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's not the fluffy stuff that you want to hear, but it's the truth, right? Like it's an ongoing process that you've got to keep doing over and over again. It's not this like end destination that you get to and you go, right, now I've got this personal brand. Um, so that's, that's definitely a, biggest, a big one. Probably the time it takes as well. Like mm. you, can, you can start to see results within a few months, for sure. You should be seeing results in a few months. But to build a reputation, you've got to do it for years. You can't just do it for a few months and think, right, the whole industry are going to know me or expect them to. You have to stick to it for a long time. Mm, I, I completely agree. And that's the thing that people find the hardest. Right? This is yeah. what we spoke about earlier, but yeah. doing it for a couple of months. And I, actually, what we touched on Daniel Priestley earlier, and it springs to mind that he kind of always says, you only need to be a celebrity, in, in quotations, to a thousand people yeah. to make a lot of money, be very successful. And if you can get impressions of 50, 100,000 a month or more, whatever, you you're going to see these people and build that no trust like. Is that the right way around? Yeah. Yeah. No like, no like trust. <laughs> no like trust. There yeah. we go. And then you're going to become that celebrity and you're going to have those people that are going to turn yeah. into clients. In your, do you have an example of someone that you think that our audience will know that is a great personal brand and we mm. can look at and go, oh, I understand what personal branding is. If someone's still struggling to understand what it means other than LinkedIn podcasting. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alex Hormozzi is like the obvious one. He's probably the example everyone uses. So I don't, I don't use him that often, but like he is the easiest one to understand. Mm you unequivocally know what he's an expert in. I'm sure everybody listening to this probably trusts him, probably would listen to his advice and take it on board. So he's done a great job of not just become, becoming known by a specific group of people, but also building trust with them. Um, his is also great because you, know, you mentioned one of the misconceptions is like people think they have to become famous. You don't actually need to be famous. If you ask anyone outside of the business world, who's Alex Hormozzi, they have no idea. No way. Like no one knows who he is. But if you run a business, 
you absolutely know who he is. So he's known for a very specific thing by a very specific group of people. Although that group of people is large in his case, it's, it's still a specific group of people. But people, it's also true in the fact that people know that you can't work with him until you're on you know, 10 yeah. million plus. He can't work with you. Yeah. He can give you content to help you get there, and that's his sort of USP. But he's even got a brand where we know when to work with him. That's yeah. kind of unreal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So he's, yeah, his is really strong. Um, who else is there? Ali Abdul. Ali Abdul is really good. Yeah, he's come in the last right. couple of years, hasn't he, really? And started yeah. to be everywhere. He's flown up. Um, and you know him as, like, the productivity guy, probably. Mm. That's what he's kind of come up as. Gary Vee is a classic one, again, oh, like yeah. another obvious example. He kind of pioneered the whole movement, to be honest. Um, his is good in the sense that he's loved by some, hated by others. Like, he's quite... Polarizing. Yeah, he's, he's polarizing his Marmite, but actually that can be good sometimes. He knows what he wants to be known for. He knows who his audience is and who it's not. Mm. Um, so you, you think of all these figures and they're like, you probably, if I asked people what Gary Vee's business was called, I don't, would you know? Like... I, there's like seven of them yeah, like, I know like VaynerMedia that's the only, that's one, the only I one I had in my head yeah. yeah but he runs seven business but you think Gary Vee and you go credible yeah so whenever you see Gary Vee as a CEO of a company you're going to go right that company's clearly very good mm. so you know these are people whose almost their reputation almost precedes their business um, and when you think about the business that they run you automatically assign credibility to them yeah so. and I've spoken to lots of people who didn't necessarily have a business first. They built their personal brand first. If you're thinking you've got to have a business first mm -hmm. and then build it, you can do it both ways, right? You can just yeah. build a brand, people will come to you and then you can start to fulfill their, their issues. That's yeah. a way of starting a business. It's a great way of doing it. Yeah, and that's that way has been quite popular in the B2C world mm. recently. You think of like, um, like Feastables, Mr. Beast. Sure. Built an audience, built a business off the back of it, scaled to millions within a matter of weeks. Um, Rihanna, Fenty. Like oh, yes, Rihanna yeah. built her audience, then built Fenty. Um, even like Grace Beverly, for example, yeah. built an incredible personal brand while she was at uni and then comes out of uni, launches a number of businesses and all of them are successful because people trusted her. So these almost like creator-led businesses are hugely successful very, very quickly because the people that run them are already trusted and, and known and liked and trusted by a large group of people. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to touch on what makes you authoritative as opposed to just posting content. Because mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference and a lot of people will just post after listening to this five times a week. But how do they, how do they change that into becoming authoritative, becoming that thought leader? Because it's deeper than just posting, it's, it's, it's thinking and then being able to portray that across, isn't it? Yeah, so everyone can talk the talk. To build authority and credibility, you have to walk the walk as well. So you've actually got to show lived experience of doing this, of actually getting good results. Essentially, you've got to have a body of work behind you. So either you have to have achieved something interesting or you've got to be doing something interesting currently, getting amazing results or just being an interesting person. You can't, it's like you can't build a house on sand, right? You've got to have strong foundations. You've got to have the rock underneath your personal brand, which is the results that you're getting. So, you know, I could, I could go out right now and I could talk about um, like the best gym routines to get ripped in 90 days. I could talk about that loads and loads and loads, but it would lack authority because... Like, I mean, I'm not out of shape, but I'm not ripped, right? I'm not an expert on, on the gym, right? I just I go every now and then. So it, it lacks authority. I don't have yeah. a body of work behind me in the fitness space. But I can go out and talk about personal branding because I've done it for four years for hundreds of people, right? Similarly with, like, if you took, you know, if you asked someone for acting advice and you got advice from Leonardo DiCaprio and Dave from down the pub, 
who you're going to listen to? Probably Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Because he's got the experience of actually doing it to an elite level. So having the body of work behind you is really, really important. And when you produce content, you essentially want to lean on those experiences and those results that you've got because nobody else can replicate those. Everyone could go and do a post on, you know, we'll keep going with the fitness analogy, five tips to get ripped in 90 days. Everyone mm. can do a post on that. Not everyone can do a post on how I lost... 10 pounds and got in the best shape of my life within six weeks. That how I is really important because you have been there and done it. You have essentially, you've got the postcard, right? You've earned the right to talk about it. Whereas other people just regurgitate stuff that's already been said. So yeah, ground your content in lived experiences, lived results, things that you've actually done in your life and you'll find it lands a lot better and people trust you a lot more. I really like that. We've changed ours in the last year or so to really be how I rather than how to. No one likes preaching. That's been the thing for the last five years that I've seen everyone being like, this is how you do this. I think that's, I think that's gone, in my opinion. Yeah. I, don't, I go past that now, I don't like it. If someone says how I've done this, it might be not quite the situation I'm in, but I'm more interested in what's going on there. So, so I wanted to touch on perception, mm. so really around it. So how can you build that perception through your personal brand that you're doing the right thing, but also stay true to your values? So you want to sell what you are and how you've done it and be perceived correctly mm. without having that feeling of, I'm selling myself out or I'm, is it not quite true? Yeah. So again, it comes back to frame, don't forge. So mm. definitely don't lie. Definitely don't make anything up. Um, and if you don't feel like you've got anything strong enough to frame in the right way, probably focus on building something strong enough first. So like either get better results for clients or build a better business or something. Um, or, you know, craft more interesting opinions before you then produce content because you don't you definitely don't want to be inauthentic or lie or forge anything you've actually got to ground it in stuff that you actually believe or you've done so um if you don't feel like you've got anything strong enough to frame then work on that first and then actually build your personal brand mm. um yeah definitely do that um you can you can lean on other people as well if like you know if you're just getting started right and you actually don't have any experience just go and interview people that do it's a great way to essentially build credibility through the halo effect um but yeah remember that you know frame don't forge i can't don't want to like i can't say that enough don't want people to forge false representations of themselves just to like create this perception definitely frame um and then keep framing over and over and over again for a long period of time because as i said it doesn't happen overnight i really like that that's something we should definitely keep in mind and i might actually it's funny because my next question i wanted to talk about was what is personal brand suicide? And I think actually, <laughs> I think you're touching on it already. Right? Yeah. It's, that it's almost being caught out for a lie, isn't yeah. it? So what, is, is there, are there other things that you could think, you know, you see something and go, we really need to avoid doing that. Obviously lying, we've touched on. Is there anything else you could be like, that's wrong, you're doing that, that's, that's terrible, someone's gonna lose trust in you quite quickly? Mm. Probably not a massive trust loser, but something that's gonna just be really weak is being on the fence all the time. So okay. if you see someone who just sits on the fence and doesn't really share real opinion, doesn't mm. go one way or the other. Like the content is just very midline and it's boring and nobody's going to take notice of it. You do need to get off the fence. Otherwise, you, know, you just have this very vanilla brand that nobody listens to. <laughs> sure, by getting off the fence, you're going to have people disagreeing with you. But actually, that's a good thing because the people on the other side are going to massively agree with you. I'd rather have some people disagree, but some people absolutely love the content you put out and be willing to work with you and invest loads of money in working you and whatever than be in the middle where no one really feels any way about you and no one really wants to do anything with you. It's like, you don't want to be in that midline. It's a dangerous place to be. Um, forging, as we said, um, being inauthentic because it's, it's tough to keep up and 
you're going to get found out eventually if you mm. do that. Um, and then probably like switching it off and on okay. is pretty pointless. It's not necessarily like public suicide, but it's just a waste of your own time. If you're going to treat personal branding as the kind of thing that you can do for a month, stop for a month, do for a month, stop for a month, then you're never going to really sustain any momentum. So it's not necessarily public personal brand suicide, but it's pointless personally to do it. Mm. I, I think I completely agree with being on the fence. That one really stands out to me because I think actually we spoke not that long ago on threads where mm. I put something across all my socials about how I don't, you know, the Healthy Entrepreneur Club, I don't like work-life balance. It's not the right way for an entrepreneur to gain yeah. success, in my opinion. Maybe as an employee, certainly. Mm. But an entrepreneur, no, you've got to have that healthy hustle where you look after yourself, but you know it's going to be long hours you've got to keep doing that thing. And that polarised people because mm. there's entrepreneurs that are like, no, I need to completely be balanced. I need to finish at five. And there's employees arguing backwards and forwards. My point is that the, the reach did really well. Yeah. So actually, for me, I'm, I'm like, that was my opinion. That's, the, that's what I believe. There's a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, chiming in saying they agree with it. There's some that aren't. And that actually just creates more, I don't know, it creates more trust, I guess, because yeah. they're like, oh, at least you've got an opinion. You're doing something different. Exactly. And it's not to say put all your opinions out there, yeah. right? It's still use that net, but it's just don't sit on the fence. I think that's really good advice. Gary Vee, right? We spoke about him earlier. He's yeah. like he's like one of those ones that just has opinions and a lot of his opinions piss people off. Dare I even say it, Andrew Tate, right? Ooh. Like I've, <laughs> I've said his name now. Like whether you agree with him or disagree with him is, is like out of the question. The point is there are thousands and thousands of people that absolutely love him yeah. because he has an opinion on things. So, you know, he's they're probably not the, the nicest man in the world, but undoubtedly he's a personal brand genius. Yeah, because having an opinion these days almost feels like it's taboo. Yeah. Right? You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to have an opinion. It's, it's got to be really in between the lines if you do. Honestly, it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is pretty difficult. What do you think about, in terms of personal branding, what is the most rewarding aspect of having a good personal brand? <sighs> what a question. The opp having opportunities come to you. Having people, rather than you constantly having to go out to other people, it's almost being this magnet to opportunities that come to you. So, you know, it might be in the form of talent, leads, clients, investment, whatever it is. People want to associate with you, surround themselves with you, give you opportunities, mm -hmm. and you don't have to do all of the chasing for those things. You can sit back knowing that you've put the work into your own reputation and people now want to work with you. I think that's like testament to the fact that you're, you're doing good work and publicizing it in the right way um and also knowing that, like truthfully this probably sounds this might sound arrogant but i will never struggle for a, if i want to get a job or have a career i'll never struggle ever again in my life i won't simply because of the network and the trust i've built with certain people through my personal brand yeah right which is like i'm i'm sorted so the people that are listening that are going oh it's all right for you you've had the opportunity actually you've built it over time had that discipline and all you've got to do again we said this so many times it sounds obvious is post valuable content and keep giving, giving, giving. Now and again, if you want to use the Gary Vee method and do an ask, mm. or Alex Amosi, just keep giving. And like you say, people will just start coming to you. Yeah. And uh, what I want to touch on really is, we already spoke earlier about, and we spoke about it with James uh, Church actually, Robert Mascot, mm. speaking about what investors are looking in. And same with personal branding, right? People are looking to build that foundation then build from that. And health is really becoming that status symbol alongside personal branding. So if you think about investment or, selling your business or even just taking on new clients. If you've got a good personal brand and then maybe they haven't found you that way and you've got good health and they're tied together because obviously your personal branding, you can use it to build your personal brand if you've got that health. Mm. You know, 
How do you see that going forward? Do you see the people that are you know, posting pictures on LinkedIn a bit more healthy? They've got you know, uh, people surrounding them that are thinking that they're, they're that authoritative thought leader. How do you see that generating more leads in the future going forward, in, you know, including all those areas? Yeah, so like the ultimate principle is, right, first impressions matter. Yeah. People are, like it or not, people are judging you based on their first impressions of you right now. You're judging other people, whether consciously or subconsciously. People judge based on first impressions and they matter. That is a fact. And if, you know, if you've got a strong personal brand, if you mentioned health, it's, it's a big one. Like, it's just an indication that, quite frankly, you've got your shit together. Mm. If you're a business owner looking for investment, you're a good operator, for example. Um, on the health side of things, there's a great quote from, I think it's Chris Williams. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's essentially talking and he says, like, if somebody's in good shape and they look healthy it's usually an indicator that they're a great person to work with because to be in shape and to stay healthy requires commitment, dedication, consistency, um, discipline. It requires all these things. You know, you've got to eat right. You've got to go to the gym six days out of seven for weeks on end. It requires a set of skills and a set of traits that you want to have in somebody that you're working with. So on health, like, yeah, hugely important. And it's a similar concept with personal brand, right? If somebody, if you're an investor, you want to invest in somebody that's a good operator, as much as the product itself. Like every investor I've ever spoken to says they invest in the person behind the business yeah. as much as the product or the, the business. If the person behind the business seems like a good operator, seems like a good leader, understands the industry inside out, and you can see those things from their LinkedIn or their personal brand, it's just instant authority. It's instant, um, you know, it's a good first impression, essentially, that's going to essentially pave the way for the rest of that relationship. I completely agree. And the more you see someone online, we've touched on this a lot, the more you see someone online, and I know no one wants to post all the time and have to think about stuff, it's, oh, it's so difficult to do this and, and put the time into it, but you do just start to trust them, right? And then you can do things like put video on your website and it's you again, your face pops up. You know, we both use yeah. Video Ask. Someone yeah. sees you, they hear you again, they're like, oh, it's the same person I saw on LinkedIn or Instagram or yeah. Facebook or wherever. And you're immediately, there's that barrier is just pulled down, isn't it? It's just yeah. so, there's authority, yes, but it's also just, just that trust element. Yeah. So people that are listening to this, they listen to everything and now they're going, what should I do next? <laughs> what are those two or three things you can go, this is how you take that first step into improving your personal brand? Yeah. The first thing would be anywhere you're present online, optimize that profile. So if you're present on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, just make sure your profile has high quality like profile picture of you clearly explains your value proposition and what you do and builds a bit of credibility. First thing, just make sure your house is in order, essentially. Second thing I'd say would be start getting content out. So teach people things that you know, whether it's target clients, whether it's teaching yourself from 12 months ago or five years ago, teach what you're an expert in and get high quality content going out on your profiles around that. Um, those would be like the two single biggest things that you can do and then you can start layering on top like more advanced stuff um you know reaching out and connecting with people in your network that you think would be worthwhile having kind of like we have mm. people that are worthwhile conversations with because then you can essentially overlap networks and build mm. your your ecosystem that way um you can gain trust from people through like the halo effect for example but yeah two simplest things just optimize your profiles wherever you're present if you've got a personal website like, just make sure that it looks okay. The design is looks like you put some thought into it. Make sure your social links work on the site. There's not broken buttons and all of this. It's really, yeah. like, basic, simple stuff to have your initial profile looking good and then start layering content that basically educates people on top of that. And again, it sounds obvious, 
but people yeah. won't do it, right? Yeah. It actually makes you think of yesterday, I saw, I can't remember who said it, but apparently, you know, the, the best minds in the world are doing this thing where they are literally writing notes on their phone or putting an hour in their diary a week and coaching themselves as if they were themselves when they're 85. So maybe they're 30 or 40 now and they're going, I should, I should buy a coach for two grand an hour every month. Actually, I think it might be Hormozy. And he started doing this thing where he's like, I'm going to now be 85-year-old me and I'm going to ask the questions now as a 35-year-old and I'm going to answer them myself because actually you probably know most of the stuff. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff we speak about is that strategy is 25% of it because you, you probably have it right. You're just doing other things wrong. Yeah. And I think that is a really good part of personal branding. Just speak to yourself as if you're you know, 20, 30 years in the future and be like, what should I do now? Because you, you know you just need that assistance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to try. I'm stealing that exercise. I know. Sam. Yeah, it's so good. My route on the trade I should have said it was my idea. <laughs> Sam, I want to ask you for a book recommendation. We've asked all of our guests so far. Do you have a book recommendation that we can add to our wish list? Yeah, I'll give you the one that probably had the biggest impact on me and my life, which was, interestingly, psychocybernetics. Um, because the identity shift I made within myself once I read that book allowed me to do everything else that I've done since. So all of the like tactical things that you learn, all of the strategies, all of the hacks, they're great, but unless you've got the identity of somebody that implements things, has discipline, gets results, is valuable, um, is a worthy, is a person worthy of success, they're all fruitless. So psychocybernetics, bit of a kind of left field one, but definitely the book that's had in a weird way, the biggest impact on me. That's awesome. And it's one that I don't think we've had before. So we can it's definitely, there. yeah, you go, that's it's what we needed. <laughs> and then what about if you had a full free day, which is quite rare, but you know, people are in businesses like <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do with a full free day? And you can do anything, spend any money, you're anywhere in the world. Really? Yeah, wherever you want. I hadn't considered the spend any money anywhere in the world thing. Um, you just want to you know avoid the tube, don't you? That was <laughs> yeah. what I'm a simple man, so I'd... I'd probably, do you know what? I'd wake up in another country. I'd like to wake up early, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually sleep in. I imagine a lot of people say, like, I'd have a lie until 10. I'd yeah. actually, no I think I'd be up at, like, 6, yep. 6 a.m. in a hot country. Let's just say, um, do the laws of, like, do the laws of reason apply to this? Like, can I fly from Barbados to the... Do you know what? That's never been asked. You do what you want. It's okay. your day. I'll wake up in, maybe in the Bahamas somewhere at 6 a.m. I'll go for a nice morning run, yep. come back, have a, a nice coffee and a bit of breakfast... Um, I've probably got to say I'll be with my missus there, <laughs> my partner. I'll be rinsed otherwise. Um, nice, slow start to the day, but getting up, doing some exercises. I love to get out in the morning. Um, nice coffee and a, and a slow breakfast. Probably about, I guess, 11 o'clock. Do you know what? We'll get a private jet. We'll jump on a private yeah, jet. Um, why, why fly economy when you could be dream day? <laughs> we'll, we'll jump on a private jet. We'll fly back to the UK um, for the Arsenal 3 p.m. kickoff. Nice, um, okay. Go, go and watch my, my team, supported Arsenal all my life. Yeah. Um, don't actually get to see them play enough, but like going to the football on a, on a Saturday afternoon is See like, Rice on his, uh, a, his debut. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a dream. So I'll go and watch them, um, watch them hopefully win. Yeah. If I can decide, I'll let them win for the day. <laughs> and then in the evening, do you know what? I love, I'm a food man. As I said, very, very simple man. I love my food. I don't, I wouldn't want this like, crazy experience i don't need loads of, i mean i've got a private jet so that's a bit crazy like, <laughs> i don't need to be doing loads and loads i can have quite a slow day i'd then just go out for a really nice meal with family afterwards um meet some friends for a few drinks in the evening why not have nice. a laugh with mates it sounds like a day 
a hell of a day. I yeah. like it a lot. Sam, how can people find you? Where are you online? Yeah, so the place I'm most active is probably on LinkedIn. Uh, my name's Sam G. Winsbury on LinkedIn, so you can head over there. I post content daily around personal branding, business growth. Um, I also write fairly frequently on a newsletter called The Influence Engine, which you'll be able to find through my profile as well. But if you just search Influence Engine through Google, you'll find that. Perfect. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for your time. Mate, thanks so much for having me. Been a Thank pleasure. You.